the Jenny Carlson Show. This week, I have a guest who I'm really excited about, a voice many of you will recognize. But before I formally introduce him, I want to say a quick word of thanks to these great sponsors for supporting the Jenny Carlson Show. Oklahoma Ford Dealers, Laser Light Skin Clinic, MidFirst Bank, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, Fire Lake Golf and Fire Lake Arena. And remember, drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Today, I'm so pleased to be joined by Toby Rowland, voice of the Sooners. Let's have that voice, Toby, so everybody knows it's you. Hi, Jenny. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Has your heart rate dropped from Saturday? Are you uh, back to normal blood pressure at this point? So It was a pretty hard crash on Saturday night, but I think we're... uh... We're back to normal now. Good news. Well, hey, let's talk about that OU-Texas game. I want to start actually at the end, if we can, uh, your call of that game-winning touchdown. And I don't. if people haven't heard it or they weren't listening live, I suggest go to Twitter, go to YouTube, wherever you can find it and listen to it. Toby, what I loved about it was how excited you were but really how simple the call was. Not a ton was said, but what do you remember about that About that touchdown, Dylan Gabriel to Nick Anderson? I remember uh, on the final drive, just trying to figure out with Teddy and, uh, and our spotter, Andrew Shepard, and of course we've got Chris and Gabe on the sidelines, where do they need to get to to have a chance at a game-tying field goal? They had just had a 45-yarder obviously come up short, probably feel good if they could get to around the 20, which is 55 yards. We're working the math like everybody in the stands and watching on TV is doing. But then when the pass was hit to Drake Stoops, the third play of that drive that took him down inside the 20-yard line, I think everybody's brain shifted to, holy cow, they got a chance to win this thing. And when you're in those moments, which are rare, be it football, basketball, baseball, whatever it may be, my brain goes into whatever you do, don't screw it up. You know, don't get in the way because this is probably going to be a highlight that gets replayed a couple of times. So simpler is better in those occasions and just let the uh, moment speak for itself. There's no way of knowing what's going to happen. Um, I think that I've been doing this long enough now that I don't plan what's going to come out, but I trust that it's going to be okay. And uh, and then I don't remember it, you know, until it's played back. I just kind of black out. I don't remember. It, and I pray to God that it went okay. And um, at least, you know, it was, it was fine. I thought it was, it was okay. So it was, you know, what a moment, what a game, what a throw. You know, the two blocks of Walter Rouse on the left end. I don't know how Dylan saw him at all, but that will be a drive that we remember forever. Yeah. And, you know, that's interesting. You talk about the epic nature, the legendary nature. I think you mentioned that in your call. Um, I mean, how hard is that to process in the moment? Uh, you talked about conversations you guys were having in the booth about just the the, the nature of that game. But is that difficult to to sort of um, play out, or how does that work, Toby? When you're in the moment, realizing, hey, this is pretty. This is a pretty amazing moment right here. I think you know part of my job, all of our jobs, is to give meaning to what we're seeing. 
as it's unfolding. And certainly we had talked about going into that game that the game in itself was kind of a legacy-defining game for Dylan Gabriel. We're all aware that he still had his detractors despite the great start to the season that he had had. And that the best way to win over Sooner Nation is to beat Texas. And um, he was given that opportunity. So the idea, I think, of this being a a legacy-defining day for Dylan was already in the air. And then when he, he gives the drive or he conducts the drive that he did, makes the throw that he did, that was just top of brain. And I don't think it's just me. I think it was everybody watching. Like, this is a huge drive to win this football game. But it is so much more than that, not just for Dylan Gabriel, but for Brent Venables as well. And so, yeah, I just think that's part of when possible, whether Buddy Heald's making a shot or uh, Baker Mayfield is scrambling for his life or whatever, if you can put words to what the moment means as it's happening, that's always what you, you strive to do. Yeah. What's actually going through your head in that moment? Is it a million things or does it become pretty, pretty calmed down in, in, in a big moment like that? Um, I think ideally you, you calm down and it gets simple. You slow down and you choose words carefully and you make sure you identify people correctly. I always tell my uh, play-by-play class, see it, then say it. You don't want to guess. So wait and make sure he caught the football. Make sure you know who that is that caught the football. All this is going a million miles an hour, but worst thing you could do is have an epic moment like that and you misidentify the player or he drops the ball or, or whatever. So slow down, make sure you get it right, and then just let your emotions kind of take over. I think that part of what people uh, want from their play-by-play guy or their broadcast team is to reflect what the fan base is feeling at the moment. And I don't have a problem with that. You know, you can tell we get wound up and Teddy's got his arms in the air. and I'm about to pass out and we have a lot of fun. I'm sure there are some in the profession who would maybe frown upon that, who feel like maybe you're supposed to be more unbiased. And was were this a national broadcast, certainly that would be the case. But I don't necessarily agree with that when it comes to the home team broadcast. I think the fans want you to reflect what that moment means. And if you just looked around the 46,000 people on the right end of the Cotton Bowl, to my right anyway, on Saturday, that was pretty much the reaction all of all of them were having as well. Well, and I, I think you and you mentioned Teddy, Teddy Lehman, your analyst partner, you know, he didn't jump right back in. And you talk about those almost 50,000 Sooner fans. What they were doing was going bonkers. And in the call, we get to hear that. I mean, you you guys really kind of let that moment percolate. You you two have been doing this together for a long time. Did you Does that naturally happen, Toby? Or is that over time, you just sort of know what has to breathe a little bit before you guys get back into talking about what's happened? We talk about it. We talk about it a lot of times when um, a game is building toward a moment 
and it doesn't happen a lot, but certainly we've been together long enough that you can tell when a game is building toward a moment. We, we, we will talk about during a commercial break, let's everybody calm down here, let's slow down, and let's not get in the way of, of the action. Our engineer, our producer, Drake Dyken, is responsible for making sure we can hear the excitement. You know, I'm making sure that we can feel it. You want to feel it coming through the radio. And we've got an amazing team, the statistician, Dennis Kelly, my spotter, Andrew Shepard. Tom Shores is making sure all the sideline stuff is working properly. An incredible team. And we have worked together, all of us, for several years now. So there is a chemistry there. Teddy is, I think, without a doubt, and I listen to a lot of college broadcasts across the country when I'm driving on Sirius XM and everything. I think he is headed shoulders the best color analyst in all of college football. The insight that he is able to give, the expertise that he is able to give in a short span of time, because after a play, he's got to get in and out quickly, especially when the Oklahoma offense is going as fast as it is, is remarkable. He is incredibly talented. And he also has a great feel. All of the guys do. Chris, Gabe, they all have a great feel for letting the moment breathe. When the drama is thick, you want to feel that drama coming through the radio. And you can't do that if everybody is excited and talking on top of each other. So we do that. We talk on top of each other a lot. But we really try when it gets to the end of a game and we're building toward a moment to get out of the way as much as possible and and let the drama come through the radio. Yeah. Teddy and and you guys, I was wondering about you know you guys have set up a camera in the booth. You share what you are looking. We like. didn't set we didn't set up the camera in the booth. That <laughs> that was somebody else's idea, way above us. So, but go ahead with your question. But I love that because then people get to to see you guys experiencing what they experienced, and the biggest excitement. I mean, obviously, is that touchdown at the end, but. Teddy was pretty pumped up about that goal line stand, Toby. Did he, did he come down? Did he levitate off the floor when that happened? <laughs> he is having such a happy season. I've never seen uh, Teddy this filled with joy. You know, he's kind of a, I don't think he'd mind me saying this. He's kind of by nature, a little bit of a curmudgeon, you know? I mean, he's just kind of, but OU has played bad defense for years and it just drives him up the wall when he sees bad defense out of his beloved Sooners. Uh, So the combination of them playing great defense this year, the combination of it being Brent Venables, who obviously there's a special relationship there between Teddy and Brent, and he's rooting for him. You know, that's his guy. And a goal line stand, which also we will talk about for forever. Um. Yeah, I mean, he he's on cloud nine with the way this defense is playing and certainly that moment that they were able to have. And if you listen to the audio there, I mean, this is what I say about how good Teddy is. They get first and goal at the one, and all of us are thinking, well, this is, this is going to be a touchdown. It's not hard to score from the one. And Teddy immediately says, just make them snap it again. Get one stop, make them snap it again. You never know what could happen. And they get a stop, and he says, Make him snap it again. Like he understands that being at the one yard line does not automatically equal touchdown. 
And sure enough, I mean, just an incredible performance by the Oklahoma defense on the goal line to to turn them away. And uh, I was happy for them. I was very happy for my broadcast partner because <laughs> I know what that meant to his soul. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good for him. It, it definitely looked yeah. like. Yeah, you uh, you mentioned earlier that call of the the final the, the touchdown the game winning touchdown you thought was okay. So do you go back and and listen to calls? Are there calls that I mean you've called a lot of big moments in your time uh, as voice of the Sooners? Whether like you said, Buddy Heald. I mean, there's been all sorts of things. Are there ones that stand out to you and you say, "Boy, I don't know if I could have done that any better." No. Um. I do not I, – I encourage uh, young broadcasters to always go back and listen to their broadcasts and critique them and try to figure out what you can do better, what you don't want to do uh, next time. I think that is the best possible way. I'm sure you do the same or at least used to on your columns and everything. I don't as much anymore uh, go back and listen, but – Obviously, it's been replayed a lot, so some of these you can't avoid, and uh, they're just for me. They're hold. Nobody likes the sound of their own voice. Okay, that's just one. Uh, there's no way I can come off in a video version looking anything like a screaming other than a screaming idiot when I'm when I'm doing these, and so I am completely embarrassed by at least the video version of them. The audio, just the audio of it, as long as I got the details right, as long as I got the correct name and, you know, didn't say anything stupid, then I'm okay. Like, there was one call Saturday that was stupid. Like, I really regret one of the touchdown calls on Saturday, and I wish I could have it to do again. But the game-winning touchdown, I was fine with it. Like, I got the details correct. Everything other than that is a little bit, like, embarrassing honestly for me just the way i behave in the moment i i wish i wish i could look like uh you know tom cruise and be calm cool and collected in a moment like that but to me i i just look like a blathering idiot but uh, as you said like reflecting the the what the fans are thinking what people listening to you make that call are feeling like that's kind of part of it i know for me like as a writer you sort of like, can you reflect properly the classic nature of what happened in that game? Can you reflect properly what people are feeling? I mean, that that's that's no small thing, don't you? I mean, for what you're doing, a lot of that is sort of living in the moment and not being Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think it's the right thing to do because when you're in that moment, that's the what everybody is feeling, right? Yeah. I mean, that euphoria of, I don't know if we're going to win this or not, and knowing what it all means. That's what everybody's feeling. So I think it's it's fine and it's proper. It's yeah. just when you watch it back calmly two days later, you're like, oh, my God, that was, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about the game as a whole for just a second. Right. We don't, we don't want to keep you forever. But I, I do want to talk about what we witnessed on Saturday. I, there's obviously so much that is happening in that game, but now as you've had a chance to reflect on it, what stands out to you about what we saw on Saturday in the Cotton Bowl? Oh man, I think it was an uh, an incredible incredible performance by Dylan Gabriel. wasn't you know perfect. He missed some 
you know, it was a fourth down pass to Drake that he threw a little behind him. There was another big third down in the fourth quarter that he kind of zipped through the hands of Austin Stogner. So it wasn't it wasn't perfect, but really good. And especially what he was able to do with his legs and obviously that final drive. I think the defense kind of did what they've done all year, which is they give up some yards, but they turn you over and they turn you away in the red zone. They've given up one touchdown this year inside of 18 yards, and we've played six games. If you're going to score on them, you better score from distance, a touchdown anyway, because once the field gets condensed, they're just tough. They are tough when down in the red zone, and they create turnovers. You know, I think Texas had won eight of the last, the, the turnover battle in eight of the last nine OU Texas games, and it was 3 nothing Oklahoma on Saturday in the turnover battle. So they've been remarkable this year in that regard. I think some some guys came up big who fill in. You know, I think of Caden Green at left guard having to or, or getting to step in and as a true freshman playing as big as he did. I think of Key Lawrence when Gentry Williams went down, having to move over and play cornerback against Xavier Worthy. Uh, now Xavier got him a few times, but still, I mean, guys were heroic. Andrell Anthony gets hurt late in the game, so other guys at wideout like Nick Anderson had to step up and and make big plays. Um, there's so much, you know. We were in we're halfway through the first quarter. You remember, like in the first five six minutes, it felt like a thousand zany things had already happened. Yeah. So I asked my spotter, Andrew Shepard, hey, let's start keeping a track of, track of these because we want to remember them in the post game, or else it's going to be four hours from now and we're going to forget all about the fact that they faked a punt, Texas did, on that second drive and every, everything that happened crazy early on. Yeah. So it was that kind of a game. And, and OU Texas tends to turn out that way. But the big picture is it was a validating day for what Brent is trying to build uh, for Dylan, but for this football team, it was a validating day that they are not the same team that went six and seven a year ago. Sure, they didn't have the toughest schedule in the world to start the season, but they're for real. They are a Big 12 title contender, and they're a college football playoff contender. They may not get there. Doesn't mean they're going to win out, but they are uh, taken literally now by everybody in the country as a contender and a threat in 2023. Yeah. Beat a team that beats Alabama and Tuscaloosa. And I think that solidifies your spot as a, as a team to be reckoned with. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. One more OU Texas question uh, before we, we, we get you out of here with one big picture question, but everybody's got OU Texas traditions. What is the radio crew traditions? Uh, what, what, give us a little insight. What, what game day is like for y'all? So OU Texas is uh Almost always an 11 a.m. kick. Normally on a road game, we will you know, go out to eat the night before as a crew. But OU Texas is a little different because everybody gets down there at different times on Thursday or Friday. So we don't meet up until Saturday morning. We will meet up in the lobby of the team hotel at 6 a.m. and make our way over to the state fair. Uh, we, we need to be in the booth by 7. We've got pregame shows starting at 7. Drake and Tom and Dennis have already set up the booth the night before, so they'll go over on Friday night and set everything up. 
So we get there uh, by seven and start all of our pregame stuff. And really, like, that's it as far as traditions go until after the game. So Coach Merv, when he was on the crew, when the game would end, he would do one postgame segment and then disappear. And four, five segments later, he would come back with corn dogs for everybody. <laughs> I still to this day don't know where he got the corn dogs. But Coach isn't on the crew anymore. So the great folks at, at uh, SSP have started bringing us corn dogs at the end of the game, Fletcher's oh. corny dogs at the end of the game. So uh, victory or loss, you know, we're starving after the game and we will down about, uh, I don't know how many, there's probably 30 corn dogs in that thing. So that's about as close as we have to a tradition. And then we all kind of go our separate ways, but there's no holding hands and riding the Ferris wheel together or nothing like that. It's just, uh, <laughs> let's go do a good job and not mess this thing up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is 15 season 15 for you on the, on the radio crew, 13 as play by play voice. And, um, so like you say, this is, this is part of the job, but I'm curious as you've, as you've now entered year 15, you told me, I think once upon a time, this is the Yankees job for you, Toby, the, the be all end all. Is there anything about this gig that's even better than you could have imagined? Everything. Like I knew I, we might've even talked the day I got the job. I don't remember. We talked soon thereafter, if not. Yeah. Uh, I, it is, I grew up in Mustang. This is, I would be so happy right now if I was making a living calling games at, I mean, pick a place, Washington State, somewhere in the NBA, um, you know, Florida, Atlantic, whatever, just to be, to have a job in this profession is amazing. For it to be the school that I grew up rooting for, going to games, listening to John Brooks and Bob Barry and all that is just beyond my wildest comprehension. So I knew it was a life-changing moment when Joe Castiglione and at that time President Boren and Bob Stoops chose me amazingly for this position. But it's been so much greater than I could. I mean, just think of the places we've had the opportunity to go in the last 15 years. The games that we've called, the epic moments with Baker and Kyler and Buddy and the baseball team going to the College World Series and on and on. Saturday, three of the last four OU Texas games have been off the rails. Yeah. So we have gone from Hawaii multiple times to Rose Bowls, to Orange Bowls, to up and down the East Coast, to Baker planting the flag, the Notre Dame game, the comeback in Knoxville, and so many great moments at the Palace as well. That I don't think I anticipated how close friendships would become with the crew itself. I should have, but you know, you got to understand that at the small college level or high school levels, a lot of times it's a one-man band or two-man band situation. You don't have engineers and spotters and statisticians and sideline analysts. and all. I mean, we got eight people on our crew. And so I'd never had a situation like that before. And what a family and a team and, and great friendships all of us have had with each other and with Coach Merv and, 
you know, the wives all love each other and the kids and everything. It's, it's just been a magical carpet ride. And I turned 50 just a few days ago. And so I'm still relatively young. So I, I really hope that if Sooner Nation will put up with me, that, that I can do this for a few more years because it's, it's just the most incredible job ever. You turned 50. Joe, had, Joe Castiglione had a birthday on Sunday. Y'all got a great birthday gift Saturday at the Cotton Bowl. That, that one worked. That one worked. We'll take that every year. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Toby, we could talk for hours. There's so much to talk about, but thank you for joining me today. We'll have to do this again. Uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time today. Thank you, Jenny. Yep, absolutely. Thanks for all to all of you as well for joining the fun this week. This was your first time hearing or watching the Jenny Carlson show. Hey, be sure to subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Did I mention you need to subscribe? Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Also, if you like what you heard, please leave a review. And remember, you can find all of my work at selloutcrowd.com. Thanks to everyone for listening. We'll see you next week. 